It's great to see what God is doing um, across all the locations I've been in Rowley, but um, it's, it's brilliant to hear stories of, of what God is, is doing. Um, Friday night um, at Hub, um, two girls um, gave their life to Jesus in a prayer room. How, how good is that? And then at Rowley next week, as, as, as part of the series, I'm there doing this talk there, finishing the series off. We've got four baptisms, which is fantastic. We launched at Easter, um, and we got four people being baptised, two men and two women. One of the guys being baptised next Sunday is the previous pastor's son. You know, the pastor that had been there for 30 years, but since Easter... You know, he's, he came to Alpha, he's been on a journey with his faith, he's rediscovered his faith, he's made a commitment of faith, and he is getting baptised next Sunday. How amazing is that? And then one of the women being baptised there, um, she came as a result of her son, her eight-year-old son. When we launched in Easter, um, we did a, a Saturday whole day there. We got inflatables and we put flyers through the doors there in the community. And uh, this little lad, he got one of these flyers and he was so desperate to come. But his mom was working uh, on the Saturday. So he pestered her all day Saturday uh, and um, wanted to come on a Sunday. And on the Sunday, um, they both came together. And again, as a result, um, since Easter, they've both been um, on an incredible journey. And she has given her life to Jesus, and she is one of those people um, getting baptised next Sunday. That is fantastic, isn't it? It's great to see the evidence of the grace of God um, at work. And we have good news, don't we? You can smile this morning at me. We've got good news. I've just shared some with you this morning. Man, if that doesn't inspire us uh, and motivate us, uh, and we can't see Jesus at work, then, man, go home. <laughs> I'm joking. Open your eyes. It's great to see um, what's um, uh, happening. As I mentioned, baptisms, just want to push baptisms here. Um, we've got baptisms here, Hale Zoe and Hagley, um, the 16th uh, of December. Um, if you're thinking uh, about being baptised, really want to encourage you um, to go to the connection point after the service and there's information there. It's not too late um, for you to be baptised um, on the 16th uh, of December. But, but back to this morning, and we're in the fourth week of, of our series, What Would Jesus uh, Undo? And you know, there's so much that Jesus wants to do in our lives, but first, he has to undo some stuff. Um, and the series has been great, and I want to encourage you, if you've missed any, you can get them, listen to them on our podcast or, or YouTube channel. This morning, I have the theme, My Independence, and God knew what he was doing when I got this theme because I struggle in this area a lot. And being honest this morning, this talk has been a struggle to put together because I'm quite independent. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But as I started to prepare for this talk and I desperately need help, I, I thought I'd practice what I was about to preach. And I put my independency aside for a moment and I asked others for help. And I was blown away by the 
uh, response. People came alongside me, they encouraged me, they prayed for me, and even given me ideas for my talk. So if it's bad, it's not my fault. <laughs> ah, disclaimer right there. So what's wrong with independence? You know, the culture we live in values independence. See, for many, success goes hand in hand with self-sufficiency. Anything, we're often told, can be achieved through hard work, which usually implies work done on one's own. It's why programs like The Apprentice are so uh, entertaining. You know, supposedly qualified, successful, independent people who seem then to be clueless when you put them in a team together. <laughs> and then it's why programs like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. We're going deep this morning, guys. <laughs> you know, on those programs, it's not the independent celebs on the show that capture the hearts of the British public. It's the ones who have inter interdependency that do. Let's go to the Bible quick before you all rush out and wonder if you're really in a church. I want to leave you, I want to give you this quote though before we start. It's from Paul Tripp, uh, who is a pastor and author. And it says this, he says this, we weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in humble, worshipful, and loving dependency upon God and in a loving and humble independency with others. If you're a Christian here this morning, you would agree wholeheartedly, hopefully, with that quote. See, God wants us to be fully dependent on him. You know that. But the problem with it, though, is we often take our independence back, which leads to isolation from others and God. And if you do have a Bible this morning, we're, we're going to jump into the book of Acts. And I want to show you what I've seen uh, in these few passages about independence. I'm not going to do an exegesis on the passage. Um, I'm not going to explain it in any depth. It's just what I've seen um, and hopefully help you with this theme. How we take back uh, from God uh, our independence. Acts 8, uh, verse 9, it says this. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery. That's a great name, but not so good uh, vocation. A man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery, his magic. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news, we've heard good news this morning of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptised both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptised and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. They sent in the big guns. 
when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Will you pray with me before we unpack this passage? Father God, I want to thank you for your word that never changes, but always changes us. Holy Spirit, would you take these words and not only speak through me, but beyond me. May we all be closer to you as a result of our gathered time here. And as Aston Villa are playing Birmingham now, may they flash them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for your agreement. Come on, guys, what's going on? You know, I am someone who struggles with independence. I don't like asking for help. And this is not out of arrogance or, or thinking that my way is the best way. It's simply because I prefer to do tasks alone. For me, my introversion also plays a massive part into this. I also don't want to be a burden on people. That's the thought that goes on in my mind when it comes to asking uh, for people for help. Does, does, does anyone else think that? You don't want to be a burden. And again, being honest with you this morning, a little bit, maybe a lot, stubbornness comes into play too. You know, as, as many of you know, I, I've had a, a bad back for nearly two years now. I've had surgery and I am finally starting to see some positive results. You know, during that time, I had no choice but to ask for help. I, I couldn't dress myself properly and still struggle today, sometimes putting socks and shoes on. God's got a, a great sense of humour. And D, my wife, is, uh, was and is amazing. She's been incredible through all of this, especially as it wasn't just me, you know, she's looking after, but also our two younger daughters. And this is no word of a lie. We had a queuing system in our house of a morning to get dressed by Dee. It was Evie first, our one-year-old daughter, then Cara, our seven-year-old daughter, and then finally me. You know, I sometimes jumped the queue if I needed to get out for something. But for the last two years, nearly every day, Dee has had to help to dress me. The plus side of that is that there's hardly been any arguments between us. Because I've done what the Bible says and never let, uh, never let the sun go down on an argument. Because of knowing that I'll need her help in the morning. 
<laughs> in all seriousness, though, it has taught us both humility and it's chipped away at my independence. And it's taught D, humility too, kneeling at my feet every day to put my socks and shoes on. I'm joking. Actually, though, it has brought us closer together, more than you would ever know. See, I've been humbled and blown away as she has lovingly and willingly put my socks and shoes on every day. And here's the thing. Our independence can stop others serving us and puts a stop to a greater bond being built in relationships. Guys, we need each other. And our independence softens when we have a loving dependency upon God and a loving and humble interdependency with others. But taking back our independence is something we all do. You know, during these last two years also, as my back's been bad, we've, we've gone to a, a few conferences as a, a staff team and I've obviously struggled again with my socks and shoes because there's no D. And I remember crying in pain one morning, trying to put my socks over my feet. And instead of asking for help from one of the team, it was stubbornness. That, 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 that took me nearly five minutes um, to put my socks on. Stubbornness on my part. And at heart, it's that independence. We want to do it ourselves. And this is what we all do. Then I remember another conference, Leon, Leon offering to tie my laces. And I'm like, no, it's fine. And walked round with them untied all day, tripping up several times. And another one, Lisa Parks, one of our team, staff team here, uh, she was there and again offered to tie my shoelaces. And I'm like, independence, no, I'm fine, thank you. But then at one conference where I shared a room with Andy Hancock, please don't ever do that. If you get the opportunity, just refuse it, turn it down. My back was so bad that when he offered to tie my laces, I had to say yes, I had no choice. And actually, guys, it was good for his ego. <laughs> God's doing something. And, you know, independence, it has a way of, of creeping back in us all, of taking over if we do nothing about it. That then separates and isolates us from God and, more importantly, from others. You know, Simon in this story, he was self-made. He boasted he was someone great. He was independent. He had the world at his feet. He was a household name. He sold out stadiums. All the people in Samaria were amazed and gave him their attention, the Bible said. Verse 10, this man is rightly called the great power of God. But then Simon, he had an encounter with the real living God. Philip proclaimed the kingdom of God and shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And verse 13 said, Simon himself believed and was baptised. He was saved and baptised. Simon, it appears in the story, laid down his independence and put his dependence in Jesus. And then he followed Philip 
everywhere. See, he's no longer now selling out stadiums by himself. He's following someone else, dependent on their tour schedule. I want to point out here that scholars do question whether Simon had a true conversion, but I'm not going there this morning. And I think this because shortly after, when the big guns come, Peter and John, when they arrive in Samaria and pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands, Simon approaches them and wants to buy this ability from them. He wants this ability independently of spending any time with God. You see, he takes his independence back. See, he wants to be known for doing something great rather than living great for the one he knows. He misses it completely. And you've heard my struggle with independence. And then Simon's, two Simon's. That's no coincidence there because actually I want to suggest there's a Simon in us all. You see, we all take back our independence from God because it's within us. And we all also do things independently of him. You know, the enemy's greatest tactic is not to destroy us, but to simply get us to doubt and then to isolate us. When we doubt God, it causes us to take our independence back. Many of you know my story of how I found Jesus radically transformed, um, arrested, and then come here and met Jesus, and then still had to go to prison for what I did. I've always done things the wrong way round. You know, people often do bad things, go to prison and find Jesus. I did bad things, found Jesus, but then still went to prison. If you want to hear my story, come to Alpha in January. Uh, that's the plug there for that. Um, but it was, it was much later. Um, when I come out of prison after spending several months there and, and back here in Hales Owen and, and in the church and had a job and was starting to settle down and I stopped coming to, to church. Independence had, had come back. I never stopped reading my Bible but wasn't showing up here. And it was then at this time the the enemy said, did God really do what he did during that time? He tries to put that doubt in. And then it was not long after, and I'm really thankful for this. Leon, senior pastor, he, he called me into his office. You know, if Leon ever calls you into his office, you know you've done something wrong. If he takes you out for a coffee, you're okay. That's my bit of advice <laughs> to you. Sorry, Leon. He called, me into my, he called me into his office and he said, hey, where, how are you doing? Where have you been? And just like Simon there in the story, Simon, the, the, the sorcerer, the, the magician, I, I tried to work my magic on him because we all do that with other people. I'm like, Leon, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay, I'll, I'll be back. I'm, I'm just having time out. Jesus had time out. He, he spent 40 days in the wilderness. He'd often go off by himself. I thought I was working my magic. But Leon said these words then to me. He goes, that's all good, Simon, but Jesus came back. When are you coming back? And I'm like, wow. 
Ah, uh, magic's failed. It's just an illusion anyway. It's not really real. I couldn't do anything about that. And the next week I was back and man, it's testimony to God what he's, he's done since. But we take our independence back in, in all sorts of ways. You know, every hurt, every pain, every loss, every unanswered prayer can lead us to take our independence back. It can lead us to trust a, a little bit less and even put our trust in something else. And if we're honest this morning, we all find something else to put our trust in. <laughs> it could be that extra wine bottles uh, uh, turning up in the recycling bin. More clothes in your wardrobe than hangers. More time for TV than your Bible. Then there's times when God has clearly told you not to do something, to be patient, to wait, but you've gone ahead and done it anyway because you've taken back your independence. Also, what about the things we read in the Bible, in Scripture, the, the things that we should do but don't do? What about the other 166 and three-quarter hours we have in the week just after spending an hour and 15 in church today? What do we do with them? How do we take our independence back? And looking into our own lives this morning, it will show us if it's a what or a who we're dependent on. Are we really fully dependent on God? And I understand that it's difficult and life is incredibly hard at times. But the promise we have in the Bible during these times are evidence. They're, they're everywhere. Proverbs 3 verse 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't take your independence back. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Okay, stay connected to him. Don't let the enemy isolate you. Jesus came to undo, undo our independence so that we could be fully dependent on him. Jesus doesn't want a part of you this morning. He wants all of you. We weren't created to be independent, autonomous or self-sufficient. We were made to live in humble, worshipful and loving dependency upon God and in a loving, humble interdependency with others. We were created for relationship, guys. Relationship with God and relationship with others. And the measure of our dependency on God will also be the measure of our interdependency with others. And here uh, in this church, we passionately believe in small groups, in life groups. They're where we get to do life with each other. You know, we'll go further together and we're stronger when we stand together. The Bible says we're to bear one another's burdens, Galatians 6 verse 2. And it's incredible. You've heard maybe some of Leon's news this morning regarding family, but it's incredible the response of family coming around and praying. 
that's because we have relationship with each other. And that is so important. That where we get to care for one another, come alongside each other and encourage each other. They're places of safety. It's a come as you are culture. They're places of authenticity where you can be real with one another. They're places of growth where we spur each other on and push each other to take growth steps. They're places of hope and help. Hope to focus on Jesus in whatever season we're in and then providing practical help when needed. And guys, the most important thing then is asking for help when needed. That where we get to model the love that Jesus has for us to each other. Jesus said that we're to love one another as he loved us. It doesn't come any higher than that, guys. We were created to be in relationship with God and each other. And you know, if you're not part of a, of a small group, then you can inquire about one today in the connection point after the service. I really want to encourage you to do that. We're stronger and we'll go further together. You know, Simon, Simon in this story, he was, he was a sorcerer. He was a magician. And as I come to Landis this morning, I want you to stay with me for a minute because I think we can all be guilty of working our magic with God and people. What do I mean by that? Well, magic is just an illusion. And we create illusions all the time when we tell God and others exactly what we think they want to hear. And while we may be able to pull the wool over people's eyes for a while, we know that God knows our innermost thoughts, so we can never pull the wool over his eyes. Jesus wants to undo our independence. Your relationship with God and with others will be better for it. We're supposed to be fully dependent on him. And it's in this that we try find true freedom. You know, if independent people, independent people are really the, success, the, the successful people here. Don't believe the lie that's in our culture that independence is the way. You see, nowhere in scripture does it say that God helps those that help themselves. But it does say repeatedly, time and time again, that God helps those who admit they can't help themselves. You see, asking for help, it isn't a sign of weakness. Being less independent isn't a sign of weakness either. I don't know if in school, I'm going back some years now, if you, if you ever played the, the game submission, where you'd, you'd get someone, you'd wrestle, you'd lock hands, you'd lock fingers, and then you'd get the other person to submit. Mr. Hancock, because you insulted me earlier, let's, um, let's show these people. I want to leave you with this powerful illustration this morning. I've never lost at this game either, so I'll just throw that in there. It's not going to happen, right? So what you do is, you've probably seen it, 
you'd lock fingers, then you'd wrestle, you'd joust, and you'd try and get the other person to, to, sub, to submit. Just like that, never, I'm not going to lose. To, to submit, thank you, Andy. Give me a round of applause. In, in that moment, I have power and authority uh, over them. It's his weakness there. That's what we think when it comes to submission. But guys, I want to tell you this morning that submission with Christ it isn't about weakness, but all about strength. You see here, when it comes to submission with Christ, he, he doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to give it up. He simply wants you to surrender. He wants you to lay down your independence so that then he can come alongside you and you can be fully dependent on him. It's better for you. I'm gonna invite the, the band to, to come back up. And we're gonna finish in a, a moment with, uh, this, with a song, I Surrender. And I wanna give you a, a moment to respond. You see, Jesus will never forcibly take authority over you. He wants you to surrender so that he can come alongside you. Surrender doesn't mean that you give up your freedom. It actually means you accept it. So this morning, I don't know if you've been prodded at all. I know as I've prepared this, man, I've been massively prodded and been on my knees loads of times asking again for God to be, for me to be fully dependent on God. it's not weakness it's strength and as Christians anyway we all need to surrender more so I don't know where you you are with this I don't know what the Holy Spirit has been saying to you but I want to give you a moment give you an opportunity not to give up Jesus doesn't want that but he does want you to give it up to fully depend on him to lay it down and then we have a promise that he will come alongside you and be with you so let me pray Father God, I want to I thank you so much. Thank you so much that you want to break our independence so that we can be fully alive, fully dependent on you. Father, this morning, where we've been nudged, where we've been prodded where it's 
possibly uncomfortable. I pray that we do the only thing that's necessary and lay it down and surrender it. Because that's the freedom that you want for us. So Father God, this morning, where independence needs undoing, would you do just that? Speak to us. Help us to lay it down. And then to live our lives fully dependent on you. And you know, guys, if, if we get this as a community, of believers, if we are fully dependent of God and then interdependent with others, man, it will change us, but then it will change the community around us. And that's what Jesus wants. So this morning, your response is to surrender. That is it. Simply it. And in exchange, man, you have freedom. Fully dependent on Jesus. Let's respond as the band lead us in this song. This is your moment. It's personal, but respond.